ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to the 256th ever show of All Around Sports. Reach Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this weekend and what's ahead for the week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. Which comes to me through my website at iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, bizarre news items, and event of the week that I covered. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine, with whom we will delve deeply into the college football weekend. Well, the special sports month of October rolls along, and... My highlight and event of the week that I covered was the return of Tom Brady to Foxborough and Gillette Stadium yesterday. Uh, I was at the game, and I can truly say it was uh, the biggest buzz ever for a regular season game, both leading up to the game and on game day itself. Uh, I've been going to the Patriots for 23 years now as a season ticket holder, and uh, really, for a regular season game, can't remember seeing anything like yesterday. The line to get in was early. We were there early, and it was like a playoff game. Uh, A solid half hour before kickoff, the line was just really, really lengthy, and... uh, The energy, the buzz was just literally off the charts. Fans just chanting Brady, Brady the entire time, both, you know, in the line once they got inside the stadium and were walking up the ramps and whatnot. So it was really quite the atmosphere. Uh, The ticket prices on the secondary market were up between 500 and 1,000 for just basically any seats uh a-listers were out in force so it was really uh uh, quite the event here in new england to put it mildly uh it was a great game brady again had uh you know just an awesome game um as i'm sure you all saw he basically uh you know 29 to 35 82 percent, 376 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, 140 passing rating. Patriots, of course, 135-17. And uh, it was a really physical, physical game. All credit to the Bengals. They came to play. And, uh, you know, they had the lead throughout much of the first half. And, uh, yeah, very entertaining, especially the stuff with Gronk. Rob Gronkowski, who had, by the way, his most yards ever receiving, which was kind of strange because it just didn't feel like uh, 
like it was that kind of a day for him. It felt like a good day, but not his best ever yardage day, which was 162 yards uh, on seven catches and a TD. But the highlight with Gronk, of course, was getting into it with uh, Vontez Perfect and Pac-Man Jones. Uh, we we all know them well, especially uh, people in Pittsburgh <laughs> or Steeler fans. And uh, so couldn't help but think that Maybe uh, America started to like uh, the Patriots a little better yesterday after uh, watching Gronk, uh, let's say, give it back to him, uh, to, to Perfect and Pac-Man, among others. So a lot of jawing going on, and it was really uh, great theater. And, uh, you know, I've been watching Gronk since the beginning, and uh, since he arrived in New England, I've never seen him do that. Uh, you know, that blatantly, and it was really, uh, you know, out of character, but it does appear that the characters on the Bengals seem to bring that out in the opposing team. We've certainly seen it before, uh, with them, most notably, of course, the Steeler playoff game where they utterly imploded last year at the end of the game to give it away. Uh, another real highlight of the game yesterday was, uh, Dante Hightower, Patriots linebacker, he changed the game, period, with his safety, uh, tackling Andy Dalton in the end zone uh, with just this great running start. He basically came in untouched. Dalton never had a chance. And uh, he also uh, made the tackle of a fourth and an inch. Uh, on a goal line stand by the Patriots, uh, huge play, play of the game defensively behind the safety. And, uh, so the two biggest plays of the game were high tower. And as I referenced earlier, uh, the Bengals came to play and this was really uh, nip and tuck. The Bengals had the lead. They were, they, they really, uh, uh, were giving the Patriots all they can handle to put it mildly until the safety. And once Hightower got the safety, it just changed everything. And from there, the Patriots just took over. Uh, and he couldn't have better timing because uh, he is having an event tonight uh, right down the street from me. Uh, it's the second annual Monday night football watch party hosted by Dante Hightower for the American Diabetes Association. And uh, I will be there covering it. Should be a great event. Uh, very excited. Um, so it's, it's just going to be uh, quite well done. It's at a local establishment called Jake and Joe's Sports Bar in uh, Norwood, Massachusetts, next town over from me. So, yeah, again, uh, I think it's safe to say that uh, Dante Hightower will be in an awfully good mood coming off the victory and his significant contributions to that victory, to put it mildly. Uh, so my bizarre story of the week is, uh, the non-story of Dak Prescott, uh, whether or not he's going to stay the starter when Tony Romo returns, I, I cannot believe the amount of chatter that this topic has generated for the last couple weeks and apparently will continue to generate, um, best way I can say it is, you know, uh, after yesterday's milestone victory by the Cowboys over the Packers in Green Bay, 
with Dak Prescott playing another excellent game. Uh, the, pack, the Cowboys appear to me to be playing better than at any time I can remember during the entire Tony Romo era. So that should just, in my mind, settle it. How, how could you possibly take him out uh, if the Cowboys just continue to play this way? And, you know, after beating Green Bay in Lambeau, uh, it doesn't get much better than that, especially if you're from the Cowboys, given their the history of the two teams. And we shall see. Uh, again, I just cannot believe the amount of chatter it's just been generating uh, all that's really going to matter is when Tony Romo sho- shows up, what's happening at that time. Cowboys lose the next two games, you give it to Romo. Prescott plays the way he's been playing. you got to stick with him. You just cannot upset this run that they're on. It's just very impressive. Um, so we shall see. Uh, other storylines from yesterday. Uh, ben Roethlisberger. Apparently had surgery this morning, so he is being called as out for this Sunday's mega matchup with the Patriots in Pittsburgh at 4.30 Eastern. Uh, Too bad. Uh, That was shaping up as the game of the year up to this point. So to have Ben apparently out, and again, I never count Ben out until he's out, um, is just really, truly unfortunate because uh you know uh again it was in my mind the game of the year to this point in the season still could and should be a great game Landry Jones will be the quarterback uh but uh, nowhere near the marquee without Ben in the lineup um Cam Newton uh he did it again. It's not a good look with this post-game press conference. It was, uh, you know, Super Bowl-like, shorter and, uh, than his post-game in the Super Bowl. And uh, Belichickian in many ways. Uh, but, boy, coming from him, the quarterback, leader of the team, of, uh, of a team that is just floundering. MVP from last year's 15-1 and team that made it to the Super Bowl. In my mind, he just can't act like that. Uh, Again, really, really a bad look. Uh, So, not what we're looking for by any means. Um, And the other uh, takeaway from yesterday was uh, the non-call on Richard Sherman uh, at the end of the Falcons Seahawks game, which was great. I got to watch the end of that when I got home from the Patriots game. And uh, great game. Could have been a better ending than it was. Uh, It was just so obvious that Richard Sherman uh, held one of the the arm of Julio Jones, preventing him from making the catch uh, on the fourth down, last play for the Falcons. And uh, you, you just hate to see that. Just that simple. So, moving on lastly to my low light of the week, and it was simply uh, Tiger Woods dropping out of the Safeway Open, which he had literally signed up for and put out on his website. 
And uh, I, for one, was excited to see Tiger play in a tournament, uh, even though it, hardly a major the Safeway Open, but nonetheless, uh, I think, you know, any fan of golf wants to see Tiger back out there. And uh, if he knows he's not ready, he knows he's not ready. But, you know, given, uh, you know, the first note on his website said he would be playing, then he goes ahead and actually registers. And, uh, you know, everybody was excited. It was going to be definitely uh, something to tune into. Just that simple. Um, so, again, just unfortunate. We'll see where it goes from here. But, you know, it's uh, – I don't think anybody wants to see Tiger's career just sort of end like this, you know, where it just sort of fades away. And most importantly, you know, I hate the thought that maybe we've seen the last of Tiger. Uh, hopefully that's not the case. He just – hopefully it's just as simple as he realized he wasn't ready and didn't want to embarrass himself. And I, I can relate to that and – and there and is still having injury issues. So uh, we shall see, but it was disappointing and, you know, surprising uh, that he just, again, uh, dropped out somewhat abruptly. So let's take our break. And next up will be our weekly call-in expert, AP Stedham of Bama Magazine. So don't go anywhere. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Join Matt Fish and Alex Clancy every week for Rebound Radio. We'll talk with the legends of basketball about how they got started, their rise to the top of the game, how basketball has changed their lives, and what they're up to now. Just like the game itself, you'll find that lives can pivot on a dime. There can be last-minute saves, and life is anything but run-of-the-mill. Rebound Radio can be heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. You won't want to miss the next show. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. Or you can email me at iir <clears throat> at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show, and we often have guests. And on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great, John. doing very well. It's been a nice weather here in South Alabama. Glad to be here. I'll bet you are. Well, we're actually having pretty nice weather up here in Boston, uh, 
record-breaking. It's supposed to be in the 80s uh, tomorrow and Wednesday, and today is in the 70s. So uh, fabulous fall weather here in Boston, which is great. And uh, speaking of fabulous, you were in Knoxville on Saturday for the fabulous Alabama beatdown of Tennessee. Uh, Alabama just looks like they're getting better and better every week and as if they've gone to the next level AP. Yeah, John, I couldn't agree more with you. Uh, the secondary had a meeting on last Monday and they apologized to the defense for the way they played against Arkansas, giving up 400 yards and quite a few points. So, if you can get the secondary shutting down the wide receivers, I mean, they're already number one against the rush. They're a very good team, and you're going to have to have quite an effort from your quarterback to defeat Alabama this year. You sure are. And speaking of quarterback, uh, Jalen Hurts, his run, in my mind, just turned that game around. Um, you know, I mean, Alabama was looking good and, you know, controlling the game. But once he made that run... That just felt like, uh, you know, that was it. And, and it turned out that it was it. The final score was, uh, I think, 49 to 10. 49 to 10, John. That was the second largest victory margin in the series. And it goes back to 1906, 51 to nothing. So that, that's quite a, a victory for Alabama and Nick Saban. And speaking of Jalen Hurts, he seems to get better every week. I don't think he threw the ball quite as well, but he runs the ball you know, with great efficiency, and I asked O.J. Howard, the Alabama tight end after the game, is he sneaky fast? And he, he agreed, and, and you don't catch Jalen very often, and he, he's just smooth. He, in, in the pocket, he, he seems to have a good presence, and his head is always swiveling and looking downfield to open receivers. I don't know how you're going to beat him exactly, but it's going to take quite an effort. Yeah, well, I didn't realize how fast he was. I knew he was fast, but until that run, right. uh, that really uh, drove it home for me that uh, he, he's, you know, just a special player. And, you know, again, with that kind of speed, you just don't see it that often in even mobile quarterbacks. I mean, he just, like, put on the afterburners on that run, and he was just gone. And, again, you know, the defense, the special teams – are doing just amazing, amazing things. What is it? Defensive, defense and special teams have scored is it eleven touchdowns this year. Eleventh, which is uh, set a record in the, in the Saban era, and that's the actually uh, since Saban's been there, it's fifty-seven non-offensive touchdowns. That's literally an astounding figure. Eleven this year, and the fifty-seven overall. Uh, but you know. The 11 this year is just uh, off the charts. And it's not like it just comes in blowouts or anything like that. Let's not forget that, you know, last year's national championship game against Clemson, which we attended, was, uh, you know, largely due to timely special play, special teams play, to put it mildly. Yeah, it happened early in the game uh, when Alabama scored that uh, you know, that touchdown, uh, Ronnie Harrison with a 58-yard interception to make it 14 nothing in the first quarter. And right away, the Tennessee fans were silenced. Yes. 
it was interesting watching on TV because, boy, the crowd shots of, like, the Tennessee fans, they looked about as forlorn as you could look, which just tells you that they had really high hopes for this game. You know, Tennessee's had arguably the most interesting season of any team in college football this year with their late-game comebacks and whatnot, Hail Marys, all of it playing at the Bristol Speedway. And, you know, but it all just frankly went down the drain on Saturday afternoon, whatever hopes they had for the rest of the season, just like faded away, shall we say, uh, for this to be quote, a really special season. And even if they continue winning, uh, you you know, this beatdown is not going to go away anytime soon. No, John, I I believe even, even if they were at full strength, uh, I just think Alabama was too strong for Tennessee, and I don't think their quarterback is accurate enough to you know, give them a chance to win against Alabama. Even you know, last year it was a close ball game, but but this Alabama team is is coming alive offensively. Uh, all the you know four running backs they have, they're very capable. The wide receivers, that's a strong point on the team. The tight end, you know, NFL caliber. And that freshman quarterback just gets better every week. So, you know, you mentioned the special teams and the defense. I mean, I just don't think there's a team in the league that can beat them unless Alabama turns the ball over. I think Alabama's got to turn over. And I don't mean once or twice. I mean, they'll have to turn it over a lot. Exactly. Like a season's worth of turnovers, uh, you know, in one game seems to be like the only shot for another team. I mean, Bottom line, at this moment, Alabama looks basically unbeatable. There is no other way to say it. And uh, we shall see. And, you know, they're in a tough stretch here, though. I mean, this weekend is obviously uh, they're playing an undefeated Texas A&M team, correct? Yes, yes, they're playing Texas A&M. And, John, they're playing against a quarterback, believe it or not, who has beaten Alabama. Of course, he was wearing another uniform at the time. He was playing for Oklahoma, and that was in the Sugar Bowl, and I believe that was the best game of his career thus far. Absolutely. Uh, Trevor Knight, right? Correct. That's right. That's yes, right. sir. Trevor Knight, and go ahead. Well, you know, that's pretty, you know, that's significant only because, you know, probably the best thing you can carry into a game against Alabama if you're the court opposing quarterback I'm guessing is you know the knowledge that you you can beat them there's not a whole lot of quarterbacks out there with one under their belt but he is one and uh is, is the game in uh Tuscaloosa or uh Lubbock uh, uh, uh the game is in in uh Tuscaloosa okay. and the, the other the other thing yeah John he has no fear I mean he's beaten Alabama Correct. And, uh, you know, so that, that's a big plus that he can rally his team, even if they get down early. Yeah, that's, you know, in many ways, it's half the battle. Yes, yes. Yeah, uh, so. A&M, you know, they, they've gotten a little bit better on defense, John. They have uh, uh, some NFL-type players at those positions, uh, but I still think they're, they lack enough to, to stop Alabama, especially at home. But, you know, A&M, when you're used to winning, John, right? There's no substitute for winning, and you have that positive attitude. You're going into the game. You don't know anything else but coming on the uh, top side of that score. So we shall see. 
Oh, yeah. And Texas A&M, going back to Manziel, has, you know, as good a history as any opponent <laughs> in recent years, right. uh, to say the least. And uh, so I have to imagine, AP, that Alabama is uh, the state of Alabama and whatnot are getting pretty juiced up for this game. And, you know, this is a big game in Tuscaloosa, you know, and they don't get all that many. I mean, they're all big in one way or another, but this is an opponent to be taken seriously. So I've got to imagine that gets people in Alabama pretty fired up. Yeah, John, there's history between the schools, and uh, so the crowd will be pumped up and two undefeated teams, so it should be a good ball game. It's a CBS game at 2.30 Central Time. Yeah, it's going to be a good one, that's for sure. And uh, speaking of good ones, um, I watched a couple of good ones uh, on TV, most notably the Clemson-North Carolina State game. North Carolina State was coming off their victory in the rain over Notre Dame, and they had him AP. It was just that simple. I mean, the guy, <laughs> the kicker lined up for a chip shot, and... Uh, Two seconds left, so it was clearly the last play of regulation. And he just went wide right. No excuses, no nothing. Everything was fine with the snap, the hold. And, uh, yeah, it was just, I just felt bad for them. I mean, you know, opportunities like that don't come along too often. And, and you you can't have a team where you want them any better than what they had. And I thought that, you know, right at the end, you know, they they could have gone for the seven and still milked the clock, and instead they kind of just, uh, I won't say they mismanaged the clock, but let's just say they didn't run their best plays at the very end that might have just simply given them a touchdown with basically no time left. So you leave it up to the kicker, you never know, no matter what the distance, that's for sure. Yeah, John, when you play the game of football and when you play the game of life, leave no doubt. That should be your theme. Correct. That's, that's what I believe. That's what I believe. I mean, you can't leave no doubt. Uh, yeah. You know, you're going you're to blame the kicker, but you had plays on offense where you could have scored. So. Yeah, and my point in yeah. saying all this is that, you know, in that final drive when they had the ball, they were moving the ball just right down the field. They had a nice rhythm going, and they got right down there in a hurry. Uh, but still, you know, last minute or two and, you know, they just didn't seem like they were running the plays they had been running. They suddenly changed, uh, as if again, in the back of their mind, they were like, well, if we score, that's nice. But if we don't, we'll just kick it. And I'm never a big fan of that philosophy by any stretch of the imagination. And, uh, boy, it really backfired on them. I mean, again, that, that, that kind of opportunity happens for a team like NC State, you know, once a decade. And that was their chance. And, you know, it just uh, didn't happen for them. So, again, it was just uh, I, I felt bad for them. I really did because it was just so, their great performance by them throughout. The, you know, I watched a good part of the game and it was just very impressive what they did all day long in Death Valley. Yeah, John, those decisions change people's lives. The head Correct. coach, the players. Uh, it's it's amazing that coaches can tighten up when they get into the you know those kind of situations where the game is close, and all of a sudden 
they they have a hiccup in their thinking. And next thing you know, they're on the short end when they could have a victory, a huge victory. Huge. And, you know, even though Notre Dame is having an awful season, uh, you, you know, they had beat them the week before. Notre Dame is still Notre Dame. So we could have been sitting here today talking about an NC State team that had, you know, beat Notre Dame and Clemson two weeks in a row. That's that's the kind of thing that takes the pro- a program to the next level. It really is. Yeah, there's no question, John. I mean, I don't even know. Maybe they, maybe they reported this during the game. How many times did North Carolina State had the chance to beat the number one team on the road, and how many times have they done it? Maybe, maybe none. Maybe never. I don't know. Oh, it was a subject they were touching on. Let's just say uh, that, that's that was my earlier point. These opportunities yeah. haven't come along too often for them, and you know it's been a while. So, again, they're just, uh, you know, they're one of those mid-tier teams that, you know, nice program. And, again, you put together uh, two weeks like beating Notre Dame and Clemson. And suddenly, you know, not to mention all the streaks Clemson had with, you know, whatever it is, 20 in a row at home and on and on and on. You you know, this would have been a seismic victory. Yeah, there's no question about it. And, of course, it would have really changed the whole complexion of the ACC, uh, knocked out a a team probably for the college football playoff. Well, exactly. Yeah, some people have to, yeah. Yes, when I say seismic, it would have had a seismic effect on the rest of the college football season, period. There's no other way to look at it. Um, Well, AP, uh, good to talk uh, about those two games, Alabama and Clemson, and... uh, Lots more to get to, so why don't we do that on the other side of this break. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams, Kwame's got the experience. So he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America.
You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., we already discussed the Alabama and Clemson victories over the weekend, but the other big game of the weekend that I watched in its entirety was... uh, Ohio State, Wisconsin. Wisconsin basically had the lead the entire game until the end. And uh, give credit to Ohio State for hanging in there, but that was just an absolute slugfest. Wisconsin just had them for 58 minutes, but they just couldn't hang on. And, uh, you know, Ohio State, you know, they're a team that, like Alabama, they know how to win. Yeah, John, you're right. They know how to win. They've been there before. And Wisconsin, uh, I didn't see all the stats on that game, John, but weren't they running the ball pretty effectively against the Buckeyes? Absolutely. Uh, They had a quarterback, left-handed quarterback, who was having a great night. Uh, They they controlled the game throughout, basically, but, you know, they never put them away. Uh, despite a couple of opportunities earlier that they might have been able to do that. And Ohio State, you know, I give them a lot of credit because they just never panicked. I mean, the setting was off the charts. The Badger fans were loud all night long, great atmosphere, tremendous atmosphere, really one of the best I've seen this year. And, uh, you know, they just kind of had everything going for them, you know, quick start, which you have to have against a team like Ohio State. And, uh, it was all just right there for them, and you know it wasn't quite like the Clemson game where NC State had the chance to win it at the very end. Uh, but you know, Ohio State just kept grinding, and you know, did not let the game get away from them. And then ultimately, their talent and whatnot just prevailed, and, and JT Barrett at quarterback. Yeah, and I don't think JT even had a very good game, John. Did he throw him the football? Correct, correct. He was more about running the football. And uh, again, my take home from this game was just, you know, now there's a team, Ohio State, that just doesn't panic. You know, at at any moment, they could have just sort of said, well, you know, it isn't our night. And they just never, ever let that happen. They just always, they just kept grinding. It was, you know, a really impressive victory because there was no point throughout the night that you really thought they were going to win. It always just felt most of the game, all the game, basically, that Wisconsin was in control. They were going to win. Uh, but they, again, they just couldn't stay with them, you know, for 60 minutes. I mean, that's what happens with teams like Ohio State, that they, they just kind of wear you down eventually. And, and that's exactly what happened. But it was a great game, that's for sure. Yeah, they were down by... 10 points, I believe, at one point. And at the end of the game, Wisconsin was trying to score in that, that overtime. And uh, 
the, yeah, they ran that first play. I think it was a pass, John. And I said, oh, my goodness. They passed the ball on the first down. So they kind of got in a, a little bit of a corner. Exactly. They got near the goal line there. You know, they had to paint themselves in a little corner. Exactly right. First down pass. I didn't feel yeah. good about that play. Well, it's going to be interesting to see this week Ohio State going to State College to play Penn State in what will be obviously a national TV night game, a whiteout at Penn State, and like Wisconsin, coming off the bye week, uh, Wisconsin played well because, again, they were coming off a bye week into the Ohio State game. Penn State is also coming off a bye week, while Ohio State is obviously coming out of a very, very physical game that taxed them to the uh, to the utmost. So, uh, and Penn State's playing well. What else can you say? I mean, uh, obviously, as I've said many times, I grew up near Penn State, so I'll be watching that game with great interest. Uh, I think Penn State might give them all they can handle. I think, you know, all the ingredients are in place. Ohio State coming off a, t- a really, really tough physical victory. Penn State coming off a bye week at home, playing well. And, uh, you know, this is their moment. They, they do not have a signature victory, in my mind, yet under James Franklin. And uh, clearly the opportunity is there. Happy Valley is going to be off the charts on Saturday night, no doubt about it. Yeah, Penn State's going to have their opportunity, and hopefully their quarterback is up to the challenge. And, you know, defensively, you have to be sharp. You, you know, you tackle well, and uh, you have good play calling on your blitzes, and and you got to contain OJT. He'll get on the, on the edge and create create havoc for the other team. But they'll have the home crowd and all the enthusiasm and the bye week rested up. So yeah, I look for Penn State to challenge Ohio State this weekend. Yeah, and you mentioned the quarterback. I mean, their quarterback Trace McSorley is he's a player. He's a great player. He's played some great games already. Uh, a little mobility, but you know, at the end of the day, it. Penn State has a superstar in running back Saquon Barkley, and uh, so he has to have a big game. Uh, and, you know, Wisconsin had a pretty good run game against Ohio State, as we just discussed. And, uh, you know, so to me, the, the game comes down to the quarterback, but more importantly, uh, Barkley as a runner, and he is coming off again, maybe the highlight of his career, where he. Uh, you know, scored the winning touchdown, I believe, in overtime against Minnesota two weeks ago. So that's, you know, that's the memory they're carrying into this game. What did they last, you know, what did they do most recently? And Saquon Burke, Barkley, you know, basically won the game. And uh, so, yeah, I think it's going to be really uh, must-see TV. I'll, I'll put it on upset alert for sure. Uh, there's a real rivalry there, obviously, you know, neighboring states. I grew up with that. Uh, I went to games when I, when Woody Hayes came to town in state college. So we're going back a while and, uh, you know, Penn State just has to be salivating. This is, this is really their chance to finally climb back onto the national stage, if you will, become a player, uh, so to speak. And this is it. You know, it's all going to happen for or not for them on Saturday night, in my mind. Yeah, John, Ohio State's shown some vulnerability Correct. with their rush defense. So, and that's Penn State. That's that's what they like to do on offense. So, 
uh, I'm sure the coaching staff at Penn State, they, they noticed the same things we did on TV. Oh, no so, doubt about that. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. So it, it's a good situation for Penn State with that bye week, and, and they, they won their last game. So I'm, I'm sure it'll be very, very competitive. Yeah, and you said it perfectly. Good situation. The, the, Penn State could not be coming into this game, you know, on a with a better situation, psychologically, physically, all of it. Again, can't overstate the importance of the bye week, in my mind, um, and the fact that Ohio State, uh, you know, conversely is coming off just again. That was a really physical, tough game against Wisconsin, so... We shall see. It should be fun, you know, and another good game that I uh, caught some of on Saturday was uh, North Carolina beating Miami. Uh, Miami suddenly has now lost two in a row after their really disappointing loss to uh, to Florida State uh, on the missed extra point and then uh, blocked extra point, I should say. And now North Carolina, and suddenly you have to look at North Carolina, and here they are a couple weeks in a row. They've beaten Florida State and Miami. So let's not forget, Miami was undefeated a mere couple weeks ago. So uh, all of a sudden the Tar Heels are, uh, you know, uh, a team to be contended with, to put it mildly. Yeah, they had a little bit that let down against Virginia Tech, John, but those are two Good win for the program, Florida State and Miami. And now can they be consistent? And can they set up a few of these games that, uh, you know, they won't have any trouble? Are they going to revert back to that Virginia Tech weekend or are they going to play everybody like it's Florida State and Miami? That's the, the trick of every coach. And uh, Larry Fedora, he's a, he's a good coach. So hopefully he can get his team ready for the rest of the season because they have a good football team. Yeah, and he is a good coach. You know, they, they put together, uh, you know, an impressive program. Uh, you know, let, let's not forget the year they had last year. Uh, you know, they're a major player in the ACC. Uh, bottom line, they're piling up some signature victories here over the last couple of years. Uh, that's the best way to say it. They're beating the marquee teams from their own conference. So it's... Uh, you know, they're, they're a team to watch, and Larry Fedora is doing a heck of a job, to say the least. Yeah, those are the, the steps you want to take, John, to beat the bigger teams, but then you, you want to avoid those letdowns that prevent you from contending for titles. But, you know, it's good that they beat those Florida States and Miamis, but now you've got to have that consistency every week. Absolutely. That's the mark of a truly excellent program when you beat the teams you should beat always and then you know uh pull some upsets uh along the way to go with that and then suddenly you have a a major program and ap uh speaking of major programs there's a couple other teams that are uh having pretty good years flying a little under the radar uh major programs and histories to say the least so Why don't we talk about them, and we'll do so on the other side of this break. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Sports and medicine go hand in hand. 
Quite simply, if you aren't up to your game health-wise, you won't be up to your game on the field. That's where Bruce the Sports Doc comes in. Dr. Bruce Grossinger uses his medical training and experience to bring you a link between sports and medicine. From the latest advances and treatments to discussion behind the injuries of the week, Bruce the Sports Doc and his team of guest experts are here each week to lay it on the line in terms that you can understand. Tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Check your feelings at the door and enter the man cave. Don't let the name fool you because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Host J.D. Harris and friends are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the man cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I am your host, John Inglesby, and back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham of Bama Magazine. And before we get started, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is, is indeed the Ohio State-Penn State whiteout at 8 p.m. Saturday night, 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, should be a great one to watch. Uh, and A.P., uh, other teams with Good histories, uh, if not great histories, are having pretty good years, flying, in my mind, a little under the radar. Uh, and I'm speaking of Nebraska and West Virginia. Uh, Nebraska's uh, number eight in the country all of a sudden. They're in the top ten, and they're undefeated. And we all know their history of the Cornhuskers, and uh, they're hosting Purdue at home this weekend. Uh, so yeah, you know, I look at the top 10 and a couple teams are playing each other. So, uh, so, you know, they could rise in the rankings as, as we move along here, if they continue to play as well as they've played. And, uh, you know, I love it. it I, I'm a big believer that I always enjoy seeing, you know, the historic programs, uh, back in the hunt. Oh yeah, John, the, the people of Alabama, they have their eye on, on Nebraska because Mike Riley, former player at Alabama, his uncle was the uh, basketball and baseball coach, Hayden Riley. So there's a twinkle in everyone's eye in Alabama about Mike Riley having some success, in, and he's reviving that program. Now, this is one of those weekends you got to have to prevent uh, the, 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 your team from not focusing on the opponent. They had some success now. How do they manage all this happiness and giddiness around Lincoln, Nebraska. Correct. And speaking of that, let's not forget that uh, Nebraska, if I'm not mistaken, has the longest sellout streak in American sports right now. I think it goes back to the 1960s. Uh, And I believe it's something that sounds like 267 or something straight sellouts. (laughs) 
uh, in Lincoln. So uh, I don't think they're going to let their team have any letdown. Uh, but I think it's great. Yeah, it was just something I happened to come across earlier this year. And it, what, what it was was they were a little worried that, you know, they, they might not have a sellout uh, this year. Uh, I, I'm assuming they that hasn't been a problem given the year they're having. I'm assuming they've <laughs> sold it out. And again, if I'm not mistaken, they are currently the proud holder of the longest sellout streak in American sports, uh, period, which is awesome. Um, Memorial Stadium in Lincoln. And then another team, and a team I used to cover, uh, West Virginia. I mean, Nebraska's one thing. I mean, I, they're, they're not flying too much under the radar. They're Nebraska, for gosh sakes. But West Virginia, I don't mind saying, and I follow this team, you know, more than others, given my having covered them back in the day, uh, I frankly didn't realize they were 5-0 and until Saturday when they, I saw some highlights. And they're hosting TCU, obviously always a quality team. Uh, but, yeah, they're number 20. And, uh, you know, I'm loving it. It's great to see the Mountaineers, uh, you know, having a great year. They have a good quarterback. And uh, and I'm sure the people in Morgantown are getting uh, pretty fired up by now. Yeah, another good fan base uh, in Morgantown, West Virginia. Those fans are very uh, rabid and excited. They went on the road at, to, to Lubbock, Texas, and defeated the Red Raiders at Texas Tech. So TCU, that, that could be another victory for them. He's def, definitely a quality opponent. But they've had their troubles this year. So West Virginia, they're looking to stay undefeated. And uh, that would be a nice victory for, for that program. Sure would. Yes, and I stand corrected. I think I was reading a week-old rating. West Virginia is now ranked number 12. So I think I was looking at last week's recap of their win, and they showed at number 20. So obviously we have new rankings, and they're number 12. So, uh yeah. So that should be uh, that should be a good game again. TCU always, always a uh, very, very high quality opponent. So, so AP, what else jumped out at you, if anything, from from the weekend? Any other SEC action? Uh, Florida, I saw where they look good, and there's always stuff in the SEC that's worth noting. Yeah, John, Florida had the return of Luke Del Rio. They, they had 40 points on the board. That's been their issue throughout the season, scoring points. Uh, but when Luke Del Rio's at the helm, they, they fare pretty well. So that's good news for the Gators. Uh, also, Vanderbilt upsets Georgia on the road. That's a signature victory for Derek Mason, head coach of Vanderbilt. Uh, I, John, when I was looking at that game, I, I was just thinking, in this day and age, when you have trouble scoring points, that's really a, a difficult situation for your team because you know that if Alabama occasionally gives up some points on defense, everybody else is having trouble. But at least they can score points. But if you can't score points and you know you're going to have trouble on defense, that's a double whammy. I mean, of course, Vanderbilt doesn't score that much, and they, they just put up 17, but they still came out with a victory, 17-16. But I don't... And the- quite understand exactly why Georgia would have trouble scoring so many points, you know. Uh, that, that kind of 
you know, caught my eye. And, uh, and then Arkansas and Ole Miss, Arkansas, they really needed to win that game, John, because Brett Boom has been there a while now, and, you know, they, Ole, Ole Miss was a good opponent, but they, they came out with the victory. Yes, well, I'm so glad you brought up that Vanderbilt game because I watched, uh, you know, the end of it, and it was just fabulous stuff. That, that was great theater. And, uh, you know, we've talked a lot yeah. about, uh, you know, middle-of-the-road programs coming up with signature victories or not. And, yeah, Vanderbilt beating Georgia in Athens between the hedges. That's a serious signature victory for that program and, and Coach Derek Mason, to put it mildly. Oh, yeah, there's no question about it. He was so excited, and he should be, and his team was pumped. And that last play when the linebacker grabbed that running back and held him from making the first down, that was a terrific way to uh, end the Bulldogs' drive and just ran out the clock. Yeah, exactly. Well, it sure was. And, uh, yeah, it's always great to see a team, like, just so, so excited as they were, you know, with and the coach and the staff, uh, with good reason. And, uh, yeah, so it's, uh, it's good stuff. And yeah, Arkansas, I have to wonder a little bit about them. Like this felt like this was going to be a bit of a breakthrough year for them, but it's, uh, not quite turning out that way. No. So that, that was a, uh, an important win for, I think, Brett Bielema because the fans are beginning to wonder, I mean, what he's been there, uh, pretty good while now and, and you have to win some of these you got to win these SEC games I mean they're all good opponents but you have to win your share yep absolutely and you know on the other side of the ledger we have a team that is really sitting pretty in my mind and that of course is University of Washington sitting there at number five they might as well be number four because Michigan and Ohio State play each other and they're both in front of them so <laughs> Michigan area so the the Huskies are looking squarely. If they win, if they win out, they're going to the college football playoff. Period. That's just that simple. Because Michigan or Ohio State, one of them is going to knock each other off, and that puts Washington right there in the Final Four. And uh, so suddenly, that's a team you really have to keep your eye on. Uh, again, what they did two weeks in a row, you know beating up on Stanford and then just trouncing Oregon in Eugene. Are, you talk signature victories yet again. There's that theme. Uh, they, they, they've certainly had them. They've got some tough games coming up, obviously, against quality Pac-12 opponents. But, uh, you know, that's a team I'm looking, uh, I'm really watching closely. I'd like to see them break through. Yeah, John, their destiny is laid out before them because, as you said, they're sitting pretty at number five. If they just win out, they, they can relax and know that they're in the college football playoff. They don't, there's no guessing, I don't believe. Uh, no, no, it shouldn't be. Top teams and, and, <laughs> you know, when you, when you trounce Stanford, I mean, I know Stanford, this is not one of their better teams, but you beat them handily, 44-6, uh, to six, I think it was, and you beat Oregon up in uh, Eugene, 70 to, was it, 21? I mean, right. th- those are unbelievable victories. So... They 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 don't not have to contend with any uh, you know squeamish feelings they might have about polls and 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 the selection committee. They can just win out and they'll they'll know during the playoffs. 
Exactly, exactly. And one team not in the playoffs, two teams. You mentioned Stanford, of course. I watched the end of that Notre Dame game. That was an exciting ending as well. Notre Dame, they're two and five, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, or one or whatever. Yeah, they're having, yeah, they're having an off week. Yeah, they're, they're in deep trouble. I mean, they, they've been in trouble for a while now, but they, they could be, I mean, I would think that, I think they play Army and Navy. Those are a couple of victories, but after that, I wouldn't promise you anything. Correct, correct. Uh, and you never know. I mean, Navy beat them recently when they were better than this team. Uh, and, right. yeah, and, and Army's right. having the best year they've had in ages. So uh, we shall see. But, yeah, I mean, they're, obviously their year is shot. But uh, we'll see how that all goes. But, AP, thanks, as always, for your great expertise and perspective. Uh, enjoy. Texas A&M, Alabama. It's a big one. I'm sure you're. I'm sure you're excited. Oh yeah, it's always a big time when those two schools get together since they have a long history. Exactly, it's going to be great. And thanks again for calling in. And as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports. And we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. And we'll talk sports again next week.